Welcome to another episode of Tech That Doesn't Bite. I am, of course, your host, Simon. Joining me is my co-host, Jeff Weirden. Hello. How's hey, it going, Jeff? buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Ah, well, you know, yesterday I celebrated 26 years of marital bliss. Oh, and nice. uh, I, I have a prepared statement for this. Um, I, I'm I'm happy and, and delighted. And I, 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 I'll, I'll be as, I'll never be as happy as I am right now. Dude, you, you know that you're, you're like a, a ransom point. No, 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 that's not it at all. That's not it at no. all. No, no. I don't know, man. I'm completely that, happy. That blue curtain right there, man. Just making me nervous. <laughs> I was like, you're right, man. <laughs> you help? Sure. Me? Yeah, I'm, I'm just fine. Send help. No, I'm just fine. Send help. What's that private <laughs> chat I see from you? You already got help me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, very I much. thought you were saying you're celebrating your 26th birthday. Like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I did well, yeah, a couple of times, yeah, yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. Turned yeah, 26 like, yeah, twice. So. Yeah. Hey, beginning of the year, second time around on 26. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you do the marathon that way with your, you know, uh, what do they call it? Uh, I can't remember the type of math it's called anymore. Yeah, math. <laughs> math. It's called no, math. No, there, there was some, some, yeah. some other name for it. I, I it just like totally drew a blank on it. It's like began with a C, like, um, oh, Common Core. Thank you. That's it. Do the Common Core math, you smart guy. See what you got. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Let's all good. move all on good. to our topics for today. Rock we on. Got some- Good news, you know, especially today's Friday. If you are listening, yep. it's July 2nd mm-hmm. here in the States. And let's move on to our first story. Yay. And Jeff, do you get annoyed with those robocalls? I could not even begin to express how annoyed I get with them. So much so, so much so that, oh God, was it like six months ago longer? We finally decided to get rid of our landline. Yeah. Because we were getting so many robocalls, so many sales calls. We said, okay, we're done. Cut that out. Now it's all on our cell. We can block them to our heart's content. So that's the good part about that. So, yeah, robocalls can uh, can die mm-hmm. in a nasty fire for all I give, uh, give a Yeah, so for. this article from CNET, it's basically titled, Robocalls are out of control. But that could all change today. And this article is written, by, written on June 30th, 2021. So... <laughs> Technically, something should have happened since yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday, July 1st, right. So a big deadline in the fight to beat back those annoying robocalls is here. As of today, every major voice provider in the U.S., including phone companies AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile, and cable provider Comcast will need to implement a technology called stir-slash-shaken-design to curb the tide of spam calls. That's good news for everyone whose phone has been jangling with bogus phone calls involving health-related scams, expiring car warranties, fake bank offerings, non-existent interest rate discounts for credit cards. For years, the scourge of illegal robocalls have plagued the public. It's the number one consumer complaint and a top priority at the the, uh, FCC. U.S. consumers have received just under 22 billion robocalls in the first five months of the year. Dang. On pace, on pace to hit over 52 billion robocalls for the year, according to Umail, a company that's special, specializing in blocking robocalls. And basically, robocalls are like kind of like automated dollars and they have like a pre recorded message. You pick it up, you know, tell you to do a certain thing that you should probably never do. No, for ever, sure. Ever you should do. not. Absolutely not. We've been trying to reach you about your extended car warranty. 
Yeah. And to end those annoying, costly calls, you know, could be on the horizon thanks to this implement implementation called stir slash shaken, which will require voice providers to verify where calls are coming from. That's where the oh. FCC's June 30 deadline comes in to help you oh. get a handle on that and other efforts to stamp out robocalls. CNET, CNET has put together this FAQ. STIR stands for Secure Telephone Identity Revisited and Shaken and Shaken for signature-based handling of asserted information using tokens. <laughs> okay. STIR yeah, is the sure, let's go with that. <laughs> STIR is the technical protocol and Shaken is the framework by which calls can be tracked in the new robocall mitigation database. The way it works is that stir slash shaken technology ensures that calls traveling through the phone networks have their caller ID signed as legitimate legitimate by originating carriers and validated by other carriers before the calls reach you. In short, the technology authenticates phone calls origins and makes certain the information on the caller ID matches. Interesting. Yeah. So it blocks stuff like caller ID spoofing, which basically it's, you know, it's a, it's a, the scam call, but uses like kind of your area code right. and like the first three numbers of the first three digits of your number. So you might, yeah, I, like, oh, I've gotten a lot of those. Yeah, I've gotten, gotten a lot of those, you know, and is spoofing illegal? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big gray area. It yeah. sounds like if I had to wager a guess, but yeah, no, I God, Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. So what's the June 30 deadline about the FCC has set a deadline of June 30 for companies that provide phone service to implement this technology. Phone companies will also have to publish robocall prevention strategies in a public database. Hmm. You know, and the the <clears throat> call verification system that will make it harder for scammers to hide their numbers. The program was created late in 2019 by the Trace Act. You know, the FCC released the standard last year in March, and it is set. A set deadline for service provider to comply by end of 2021 of June. So a lot of the, most of the major phone companies has such as AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile, as well as cable provider Comcast, have said they're implementing stir slash shake. And multiple carriers have asked for an extension, but the FCC denied those petitions in March. Damn, damn right they should. Like, Do your job. Yeah, I know, right? God, well, I could go back and forth about that. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. There. It's... Does this mean we'll see a huge drop in robocalls come July 1st? I doubt it. That's the hope, but sadly, it probably won't be the reality, this article says. For one thing, some carriers have already implement, have been implementing stir slash shaken, so the deadline won't necessarily mark a hard switch over from most phone companies. It's a technology and framework they've been implementing and deploying for a while. The second reason is that scammers are always coming up with new ways to make illegal robocalls, which is mm -hmm. very true. The yep. sad truth is that making these calls is cheap and scamming people is lucrative. Yeah. It, nope. Uh, the statement by FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr says it's a it ends up being a game of whack-a-mole, which is true. Yeah, no, it totally is. I, I agree with that. Yeah, so basically Ugh. we're fighting robocalls. No, yeah, no, Will this I, help? Um, I don't know, but I, I wish I could be doing something about, about that. It. Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's a start, and I given that you said it started around 2019, I, I did not have a particularly high opinion. Of the previous FCC chairman, um, Anjit, whatever his name was, who was a uh, oh, yeah. you know, who was like the former of uh, a Verizon CEO or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, to do with the big Reese's cup. Right, right, yeah, yeah that that clown. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had I have th this guy should never have been FCC chairman in my book. I mean, the fact that he was in the pocket of, of all these big wireless providers to me just just means that it was going to be status quo, or yeah, we'll make it more lucrative for the uh, for the wireless providers. Uh, you know, Verizon, all the other guys. And honestly, I, I just didn't see anything coming out, anything good coming from him. And the fact that it took till 2019 to settle that went back in 2016 when he started or thereabouts, you know, around the, when, when the Trump administration started, mm -hmm. um, he could have done something. He could have changed his reputation. He could have done a whole bunch of stuff, but frankly did nothing as far as I'm concerned. So it, it it's, this is, it, it, this is arguably too little too late but it's also better late than never. So the, it kind of falls into both of those categories. Yeah. But but I I, no, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I mean, we'll see how well it works. I mean, yeah. it's like, well, I, yeah, there's well, always going to be new ways for these hackers. Yeah, no, I, well, I agree. I, well, I think 
you, you mentioned that a lot of them had already started implementing this stuff in the first place, mm -hmm. which is true. Um, my phone, I, both my wife and I, oh, my, my family, I should say, belong to Verizon. And we do get the potential spam warning whenever a phone call comes up. And I would say at least 99 times out of 100, it's actually pretty spot on that it's actually a spam call. Once in a while, I, I uh, like, for example, there was like a university that would call me uh, to see if they could actually get a donation from us. And these, this is my kid's school. So it was right. actually, <laughs> well, I, I did, some ways, I, I have, it, you, it, it, well, it, it's the same phone number. So they weren't spoofing anything. Yeah. So I could just block the call, but Verizon saw them as potential spam because it was basically was a call center type environment that was making a lot of calls to prospective donors to get money. Not unusual, totally legit yeah, as far as locals. Yeah, and it's legit. I'm not. I am not even faulting uh, the university in the least way about that. They're doing exactly what the, what you would expect. A, you know, a big Pac-10, Pac-12 school to do. But um, I said to block the number, so now they can't reach me, and that's fine. I don't have an issue. <laughs> but yeah. the the spoofing thing is a big one because anytime I see basically uh, you know my prefix mm -hmm. and a random set of numbers. And I know that my older son has a phone number similar to it. It makes me think, wait, is my son calling me? And then I realize, no, wait, I have his name in the contacts. It would come up as as my son's name, not this random phone number. Yeah. So, but, you know, a lot of people get tricked by this, especially. Yeah. I think since we're so well-tuned with technology. Yeah. You know, we could kind of prevent that on our own. But, right, you know, not everyone is, you know. That, right. That's you know, savvy deep about dive it. in technology. You know, they right. see a phone number. There's. You know, their first instinct is to pick up the phone, regardless right. no, of no, says no. the name or not. So, right when you get and you get like a lot of a lot of really old people who maybe their their kids don't call them very often. Say, oh, somebody's calling me. Let me talk with this person. And yeah. God knows it's it's something awful. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I I see I see those changes. You know, sometimes, you know, obviously there's like these blocking apps that you can use as well. Yeah. You know, that you could download. And for the most part, they work as long as they keep updating their database. Right. But, you know, once in a while, one or two of them might get through it. Yeah. It, you know? It's, so it's it the nature of what is yeah. spam, spam filters for email are the exact same way. They find a way around whatever the, you know, whatever update was made with, with yeah. the spam blockers and they still get through. You know, when I was doing the tech support thing, I, I remember often that that usually spam comes in waves. Mm -hmm. Is that it's like if there's a new way to get through the filters. They find it and, and they just push like like kind of like a zombie invasion they push they get out no really it's, it's awful you see like these waves of spam hit mm -hmm. multiple servers all across the board multiple yeah. providers all that stuff and you know and, and the guys who and if you're happy to hiring a third person like i know our, our web hosting company did they would have to like study analyze that implement it test it, and all this other jazz and then they could block it with more effectiveness but you know unfortunately those spam filters as effective as they are sometimes block legit emails too. Yeah, and boy, yeah. you catch, I catch all sorts of heck about, you know, why is this on the spam filters? Well, okay. You're letting a machine think for you. That's why it does. That's what so you, yeah, that's so what you need happened. to whitelist it. To, so it's an ongoing battle. So why are you guys any better? I'm like, well, I, I think really yeah. nowadays that, you know, we're so reliant on our cell phones. It's, yeah. you know, basically uh, for me, I don't pick up phone calls that, are not in my contacts. List. So it's a right. random number. I'm just like, you know what? If it's important, they could just leave a voicemail. Right. If it's not well, important, then they don't do it. Like, yeah. Well, what no, do you want well, me to do? I mean, you yeah, don't well, leave a voicemail. I can't, I don't know who you are. So, right. Well, it's the opposite for me as, as an actor, I need to have my phone available to whomever calls me. So I have to take the call or I really want to take the call and see if it actually is a legit well, person. I mean, for me, like, again, since we're a little bit tech savvy, I will have, I will create a dedicated number for that. Oh yeah, no, I have a dedicated yeah. contact where I put all my spam numbers that it blocks it. it it's great. You know, no, so I'll like, do, I'll, I create a separate number, like a total different phone number for that. So like any, like okay, this is a, I'm gonna use this for this specifically, and anyone that I'm gonna work. Let's, let's say I, I'm an actor, and like okay, about casting calls or anything that they'll call this number, and I know exactly. You know, it's for oh. casting. Okay, yeah, that works. That, that like, would work. It, it, it's just to a point where, like, you know, if you have your personal phone number share with everyone, you know, and businesses, you know, you know, cause you know, businesses do get hacked and you know, oh, oh, yeah. number, and then like, okay, oh, yeah. here's a spam call. 
you got to deal with that, you know, every night, every day, they get a call you. It's like, oh, who is this? I don't know who are you. Like, well, th that's why I got rid of my landline. I could handle it on my cell phone, but at least I could block yeah. the number. So it's no big deal. Yeah, to me. but I, you know, you start to man if you start to manually do it, it's still kind of annoying. No, no, it's annoying. You're right. But it's, it's I would definitely take that any day over, over credit card fraud or, or identity theft, which I've had to deal with on, yeah. on several occasions. I've so, done that too. Yeah. yeah I've got, so I've got uh, LifeLock and all that. So I, I recommend LifeLock. I'll, I'll you know, tout it. It's good stuff. Yeah, I know we're not getting paid for them, but I will tout the, the goodness of what they are and how helpful they are. So, and lock down your, uh, your, your credit agencies too. Lock, you should lock those down too. Yeah. So that's the, that's really about the only advice I can give about that. And, Hope it works. Yeah. You know, it, it usually does. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Just so. don't pick up any phone calls you don't know. Don't talk to strangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't talk to phone strangers. Don't talk, don't talk to phone strangers. Yeah, you're listening <laughs> yeah. to your Uncle Jeff here on Tech That Doesn't Bite. Don't talk to strangers. Yeah. Uncle or Except grandpa. me. I'm pretty strange. You talk Uncle to me. Or, Uncle or grandpa. Uncle grandpa. Yeah, let's go with that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks let's for playing our game Let's move on show. to our next story. And Jeff. All right. This story is yours. Yeah. All right. So you may recall uh, about two weeks ago about how I talked about the original source code for the World Wide Web. I was going to go up for auction at Sotheby's, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The proceeds of which was go to various charities chosen by Sir Term, by Sir Tim Berners-Lee, the creator, and his, uh, his wife, uh, Rosemary Leith. Well, you will be delighted to know that the original code's, uh, code sold for, wait for it, 5.4 million US dollars. 5.4, wow. Simon. Yeah, 5.4. So, yeah, so it's quite an amazing piece to be All right, sure. Who has a time machine? I need to go back and write this right, code. Right, I know. I, <laughs> I need know. to go back God. to write this code. Right, knock, knock him off and take it for yourself. Well, he's, <laughs> he's donating the money, so it's not going to do you any good, but well, maybe. It well, anyway, I go back in time, I could prevent this. <laughs> right. You yeah, see what exactly. that means? <laughs> right on, right on. Okay. Well, anyways, it, it's an amazing piece to be sure. And if you're super bored, you've got like 30 minutes to burn. You could go to the Sotheby's website and actually watch a video of the original code mm -hmm. scrolling, uh, scrolling on a black and white monochrome monitor, right? However, if uh, it was noticed by a member of F-Secure, a security company, that there was an error. <laughs> Yes, it's true, ladies and gentlemen, but it's not quite what you think it was. All right. So according to the website creator, Mark O'Neill, it seemed that, quote, whoever made the video for the website ran the original text file through something that converted it into HTML, end quote. Now, if you go, if you scroll back up to, to the, the black, black and white picture there at the top, go there, there we go. Okay. Now, mm -hmm. now uh, basically what happened here was, and, and, and for our, our non-viewing viewers, listeners here uh, so if you look at the picture in the article you'll know that there's an ampersand lt semicolon and there's an ampersand gt semicolon now what those are supposed to be are the actual characters of lesser than and greater than signs now pretty much which are common characters you use when you're programming html or in python or other other computing languages so basically whatever this guy did it basically converted those those uh, greater than and lesser than sign characters into essentially escape codes and uh -huh. um that that's and that's pretty much all that happened here now while the article didn't mention this directly uh it is believed that the original code is still intact uh, as it was originally written and it wasn't overwritten or anything equally horrifying which would have just really just been like disastrous <laughs> in and of itself if you really think about it now the security officer did go on to say quote there has already been discussion about whether this would make the NFT, the non-fungible token, more valuable, similar to how a POSIS stamp that has a misprint error on it. Yeah. So that's uh that was actually kind of an interesting thing. So for $5.4 million, the value of it might have gone up because of that. Because all it really is, at least according to Sir Tim, the, the creator, he um they're literally just photographs of the original code. I think it's not the actual code itself or something akin to that. And he signs it or whatever it is, and the money obviously goes to whatever charities he and his wife figure out. But yeah, so that was um, that was an interesting little bit here that somebody like might have really screwed with the original web. It's like, oh my god, no, Jesus, what has he done? So yeah, so luckily that didn't actually, as far as I could tell, it did, that didn't seem to actually happen. It was just a guy, but that ran it through I mean, and, and messed up. <laughs> I mean, I still can't believe it sold for that much. 
why why wouldn't it think of it this way it, this is literally the source code that created the internet all the hyperlinks i mean i mean all it is all it is, is as as i understood the article that it's just a hyperlink from one server to another and it kind of goes in a chain that's literally all it is so the guy created hyperlinks that's it you know and and it has evolved. Why didn't to, we invent hyperlinks? I know, right? Well, I was too young. <laughs> right, yeah. 19, young. 1989, I was uh, trying to get through college is what I was doing. I'd, I'd imagine you were working your way through high school, I think, or something akin to that, right? Or 89? 89. Or, or, am I, or do I need to go a little further back with you? Dude, I was only three years old. In 89? Oh, for criminy's sake. Yeah. How, how old do you think I am? Well, I thought you were like pushing your mid thirties there. Oh, which obviously would mean that. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Obviously, I can't. I can't <laughs> math either. Get me the common core stuff. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out better. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's going on with your masculines, man? <laughs> Bam. All right. Never mind me. Hey, what's two plus two? Uh, last I checked, it was five for really big values of two. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you didn't say twenty-two because you put right. Well, a lot of people say that too. <laughs> like, twenty-two. Er. Oh gosh. Yes, two plus two is equal to five for really large values of two. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. So that was a uh, so yeah, five point four million dollars for what basically created the the platform that all of us live on. I mean, basically, what we have here doing this, you know, this podcast. Doing uh, uh, look at cat videos, looking at anything else that you see that's internet related, all of man's knowledge, if you mankind's knowledge, based on that source code evolved from that source code. Yeah. So pretty wild stuff. So five point four, yeah, I can see the value in it. It's a lot though. I I agree. Like lot, I, you know, if I had that kind of money just lying around, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be buying the original source code for the yeah, web. No, I, I would, not, I, would I would be, be tempted to. Code, yeah. I would be tempted to, but yeah, no, that, that's just like, crazy. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think maybe I might want to put it into a school or something. You know, kind of burn out our education, that kind of thing. But that's just me. That's just. Let's me. move on to our next story. All right. Our next story, I found this kind of interesting. So this article is from Mac Rumors, and okay. Apple reportedly storing over eight million terabytes of iCloud data on Google servers. <gasps> yeah. I was like, oh, they're using Google Cloud to store their stuff. I did not know that. No. Yeah. So, well, I wouldn't say that necessarily is a bad thing per yeah. se, but go on, go on. It's well, let me read this article. So, basically, right. this article is from Mac Rumors. Apple has dramatically increased the amount of iCloud user data it stores on Google Cloud, according to the information, which is another source. The report claims Apple now has over 8 million terabytes of data stored on Google servers as of mid May. Apple's Apple was reporting on track to spend around $300 million on Google Cloud storage services this year, which would represent an increase of roughly 50% from all of 2020. Apple is said to be the largest corporate client for Google Cloud, wow. dwarfing other high-profile customers like Spotify. Yeah. So wow. any companies use Google Cloud. For well, there's if, if they're the best of the bunch and for the sheer volume of what you need, you yeah. know, Google will probably be the people to handle it. Yeah. Google Cloud staffers have apparently even given Apple an internal code name that hints at its size as a customer, quote unquote, quoting it as Bigfoot. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Apple relies on a combination of its own data centers and third-party cloud storage services, such as Google Cloud and Amazon Web Services, to store iCloud user data like photos and messages. Apple does not provide third-party cloud storage providers with the keys to decrypt user data stored on their servers, ensuring a strong level of security. Hmm. The report speculates that Apple's increased use of Google Cloud suggests the company's rising cloud storage requirements have outpaced its ability to develop and operate its own data centers needed to handle the resulting data. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. You know, I, I think they're, yeah, basically their user base is getting too much to the point where they have to rely on these other services. Yeah, no, yeah. completely, completely. I mean, so, it, it's, well, I mean, it almost kind of goes back to my previous article about what the web has evolved to. There's now mm -hmm. so much data going for And I even talked about it last week or the week before about like how much data is actually stored or, or you know, data that gets transferred around the web at a given I, year. I believe Apple has their own server farm somewhere. I'd imagine, they, but I guess it's full. Data center. 
Yeah, it, it may it just, may be full. <laughs> yeah, it may be full. So you know that that's the thing. So why not go with a third party that seems to handle it better or has more space or whatever? And I would imagine the cost of it. May, maybe I, I'd have to. I would have to guess that the cost of hiring Google to store your data might actually have been cheaper than to make a new server farm. If you want to think of it that way, I bet from a business standpoint, that's probably yeah. what it is. I mean, Google's already got the infrastructure, so they expand beyond that. And, um, and obviously Google has, has gotten to such a point that that's just the way their business model works, that they just make more and more server farms of their own. So why not hire uh, uh, or why not allow for outside parties to come in and feed them money? Yeah. And wow, it's cheaper than making a new server farm. You yeah, know, man. so eight, what was it? Eight million, eight million. terabytes. Um, that definitely goes into, into the, the Penta category, if I'm not mistaken. I have to look up what I what think that so, but is. that's a lot of data. And it is. It is. I mean, God, that, yeah. I I didn't think there were that many cat videos on the internet. That that's kind of astonishing, really. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it has to do with iCloud. So a lot of people are probably sharing their cat videos right yeah. now to iCloud. See and iCloud cat just, video. Yeah, not just like it's photos and also messages. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. through you no know, iMessage. So that's. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, literally, whatever digital data you deal with, and you got to multiply that by by an, an insane factor of whatever, and yeah, and all just, the users, everybody. No, just law Apple, just don't give you, don't give them the decryption keys, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, please, Google, we appreciate okay. that. Yeah. That'd be great. Don't get hacked. We know Google. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 don't get hacked. Yeah, don't don't get hacked either. That that would be very appreciated. No, I was just kind of surprised, a lot. and then I was kind of a little bit like. Oh, so <laughs> what does this mean <laughs> for my day? Well, you know, well, pro well, probably not a whole lot. I mean, it, I mean, Google. I'm not saying that they they have. You know, but I'm not going wood as I say this. You know, they they don't usually get hacked that I'm aware of. I'm not saying that they're. It's impossible. I want to be clear about that. Any can be hacked if somebody's willing and has the the willpower. To I just do don't it. want them to know what I'm what I'm messaging. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Stay out of there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, but it it. Any system could be hacked into if you have the the, the time and the resources to do it. That mm -hmm. that's just fact. Um, Google, generally speaking, doesn't. And I'm not saying that Apple doesn't either or whatnot. But generally speaking, you don't hear about major league hacks that are done on these two guys. Or if they do get hacked, it's probably on such a small scale that there isn't that much in the way of data loss or theft or whatever it is. They still should be a little more open about it. But if they're controlling their narrative about that and they handle it themselves, yeah. we're never going to know. That that's just a fact. I agree. Yeah, so, so we'll see how it goes. We'll see. But so more of that story is that's a lot of data. It is a lot, <laughs> of, data. A lot of data. <laughs> yep, and that's a lot of data. A lot, a lot of data. So on to our next article. All right. Also Apple related. God, more Apple stuff. Oh my God. Well, they are, they're, <laughs> they're always in the news, man. Right, but they're also yeah. being subletted by Google, so there's there's something to think about. <laughs> at least, at least their data is. <laughs> so, Apple's TV service, which is the Apple TV Plus, their own streaming service, uh, it's gonna it's basically face their biggest tests after their free trial runs out. Because when they first started introducing Apple TV Plus, you know, they were giving out free trials to a lot of people, and right. if you ever if you bought like a new Apple device, it comes with it for like one year free oh wow okay yeah. okay now starting in july apple will no longer provide a free year of the service of the streaming service with purchases instead we'll offer three months okay so that's not gonna happen anymore so <laughs> yeah. so also in july the first subscribers to activate apple's prom promotional offer will start to be automatically billed for the service after watching its show for nearly 21 months for free I got to check my account. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get billed for it. I got to check. Yeah. So, you don't, you definitely don't want to keep your, your credit card with Apple. That's, that's for dang sure. It's uh, God. There, there was no well, article I read about that, but go on, go on. It's, well, you're, you're with that article. You're it's not just Apple. It's, it could happen to any other app store service. No, I, 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 I totally, I totally get where you're at. But what I'm just saying is that if you choose to save your credit card data with, you know, a provider of some sort, and other people access your account or whatever, you are absolutely opening yourself to, you know, to unwanted purchases and whatnot. But this is a separate article. I don't even want to, I'm not even going to. That's a different scenario. It. It's a totally different scenario. It involves a family member doing yeah, we'll, something. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it after this. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll chat on it for, for a bit after this. Go, we go might, on, go. we might, if we have time, if we have time. <laughs> yeah, a little, so, little bit of time. 
So Apple still have a small content library that rivals such as Netflix and Disney. So the training wheels are about to come off for the Apple TV Plus service, the company streaming video service. It costs $5 per month. It's also bundled with other Apple services like Music, iCloud, and they call it Apple One. It's a basically a bundle package that is $14.95 per month. Hmm. But a lot of subscribers aren't paying. <laughs> Apple gave away a huge number of the Apple TV Plus subscriptions to get the service off the ground. Starting in September 2019, anyone right. who bought an Apple product like an iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple TV, or Apple Watch got one year Apple TV Plus for free. During the pandemic, Apple extended the offer twice for people whose trials period were about to expire. Right, right. The majority of Apple TV Plus subscribers are still on the promotional offer with 62% of current subscribers accessing Apple TV Plus through a promotional package. According to survey data by Moffitt Nathanson, published in January, Apple hasn't said how many subscribers the service has, but it has sold hundreds of millions of iPhones and other gadgets since late 2019 now apple is starting to wean apple tv plus subscribers off the free plan on july 1st people who buy apple products will be eligible for only three months of the free apple tv plus instead of a year and people who are already cashed on the trial can't get it again also during july the first subscribers to activate the promotional offer will start to be automatically billed for the service after having access to sh its shows for nearly 20 months 21 months for free and basically, this creates a huge test for Apple. Mm. It definitely does. It definitely does. I mean, yeah. you basically got a service, you know, free for nearly two years, you know, pandemic induced. Yeah. And It'll be interesting to see people are going to stick with it. Yeah. If you want to read this article more in detail, it's a CNBC article. So just look for Apple TV's service faces yeah. its biggest test as free trial runs out. So I think for me... I only used it once to watch like one show and that's it. I'm not like for me, like I don't see Apple as a media company. That's why well, I just don't care about like every time when they announce some sort of a new show on their platforms, like, eh, it's just like, they don't have the big stuff that most consumer want. They don't have stuff like that. Netflix. Has. They don't have stuff that HBO max has. They don't have stuff that uh, Amazon prime has. They don't have stuff that hell even Peacock has. So right. It's, right. It's like, I feel like they're trying to get into TV in a way that it's not very innovative. It's just, just kind of following along. Well, well, yeah, because they're, it's they're, just well, like, eh, you're too late. Well, no, no, I, I get what you're saying, but obviously there, there's a massive market. This is ba basically a new market. This whole streaming TV thing is a fairly new market in and of itself. And obviously there's a lot of money to be made in it. Yeah, it's I a mean, new market, but they're late <clears throat> to the market. Well, are, no, no, and that's, that's arguably late. true. But on top of that, are they providing the sort of content that people want to watch? That's the flip side to it. I I mean, I just speaking from right. No, you're speaking for yourself perfect. about that. I and, don't. And, yeah. Right, and no one cares about your opinion. But no, I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. But bye, bye. everyone. End the bye. podcast. <laughs> no, my my point being obviously is that it may not be catering to your taste, but whatever Apple does put out, and I, I don't know what kind of programming they do. I haven't personally looked into it. Um, they uh, maybe there there is a market for it. I mean, think of all these Apple people that have had the subscription for the past, you know, basically the past two years. Have they found something that they like as their program that they really enjoy, something that they can't get, live without, or programs that they've got really invested in that they don't want to stop watching? Yeah. Those are the people that they're marketing to now, essentially. Yeah. Well, time will tell. See how many people subscribe. And time will tell. No, that's entirely true. I mean, I mean, here's, here's the flip side to this. Disney obviously has been around forever, Right. Everybody, you know, for the most part, they love Disney products. If you're into that whole thing, people, some people really get into Disney uh, almost as bad as Apple fanboys. I mean, it, it's entirely true. There are Disney fan, fanboys, fangirls, oh, yeah, whatever. I know the Disney fans have made a career out of it. Right. No, exactly. YouTube channels about it. So. Right. Yeah. You got content creators that are doing that sort of thing. You got, I mean, you could, I mean, uh, just on Disney princesses alone, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, you got that just, just <laughs> Disney princesses alone. And, um, when they announced Disney Plus, I mean, how many people do you think signed on so fast that their servers crashed kind of thinking, you know? Yeah. There's there's such a following. There's no way that Disney can go wrong with it, and they could pull stuff out of the vault. Well, I can tell you Apple TV Plus did not crash. Right. 
I would that, imagine that, they did that's not. A bad sign. That's a bad sign. Right. That's what Apple was shooting for in, in a manner of speaking. That, okay, well, we have a big following of people. Let's get into this whole streaming thing. Make extra money that way. Totally in favor of that. I'm fine with that. I, th- I, I think, and, I, and again, I don't know. I don't know what kind of programming they have. And if they do have, you know, is their programming really good that people want to keep it? Now, you said there was only one show that you wanted to watch. I would put money down that when it's over, that they don't make any more episodes of whatever the show is. You know what? You're probably going to drop them and not even think twice about it. And that's cool. That, that's how the market works. So for Apple, they would need to make really quality content in an effort to stay profitable on, on this market segment itself. That's the real trick. And unfortunately, I don't know what, what, what they have in terms of their content. So I can't even really, really speak to the effect of, what they you know whether whether their content will actually work you know what they have will actually do i mean that that kind of really answered you know what you said just speak for itself like you don't even know what content they have then that that means they're not doing a good job spreading their service letting people know hey this is what we have you know even you don't know you could probably list content from netflix because you have netflix Right. There's that Mm -hmm. and i and usually whatever pops up they've I've already got like favorite my list and all this other stuff so it already knows what I watch. And, you know, and even my wife, she has her own Netflix channel, watches a different set of stuff. And I like some of the stuff that she watches as well. So it's not like, um, I mean, despite our, our different tastes that Netflix understands us to have, I'll watch her stuff just as sometimes she'll watch mine. So it's it just because, you know, we're, we've, we've been together so long. By God, we've, we've practically become a person. One, just I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, they're, when it comes to TV stuff, I don't think Apple really does a good job with it. Right, it just it's not innovative. I just right, don't think and, it's, and that, and that it, might it's, well it's, be their downfall. Yeah, it's just it's. I mean, I their Apple TV, their actual streaming box is yeah, it's okay, but you know, there's like dozens of other streaming boxes that's half the price and does the exact same thing. Right, right, so and, and, it's, and, and it's it's just like I don't. That, I think that's the one area they still haven't figured out how to really change. Right. Can. Well, it, it it's already flooded with a lot of programming, a yeah. lot of competitors. So yeah, Apple is a bit Johnny come lately to to the party, if you will, to to a degree. But the only thing that might help them is really quality content, and uh, it, that's going to really be hard. Big name stuff, and it's hard. You know what they yeah. need? What they need to do is the one way they could get more content onto more well known content. Right. onto their platform not like just like acquiring rights to this brand new show like you know revive a canceled show that everyone loves oh sure sure that's, that's, and that's like, what oh it's going to apple all right bam right no yeah no that that's one way and especially revive a recently canceled show you know yeah 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 they, could, they need they to could, do they could pick up the slack of what others you know might have dropped because the ratings weren't all that great they could pick that up and, and just see and see if they could run further with it or maybe rework it so that it's better than it was on the previous channel or streaming service yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Netflix it, has done that quite often. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, there's there's some opportunity that Apple can can jump onto if, if they're quick enough about it. But I, I think your observation that that they're very Johnny come lately to the whole thing, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. It would be very hard for them to kind of weasel their way in or muscle their way into a very flooded market, frankly. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at it this way. Okay, Apple TV Plus is five dollars per month. Okay, okay, and from after seeing what what their category is, I okay, yeah. I mean, it deserves five dollars at most. That's oh, it. Well, okay, all right, That's all right. It. No, but you look at HBO Max. Look at their premium quality stuff. You know. And they are one by far one of the most expensive streaming service out there. Fourteen ninety nine. Right, but they, they've been around forever. They always put out yeah. movies. They but they have great yeah. content. Right, right. Which is better than you know. I would pay. I would rather, you know, pay fourteen ninety nine a month for HBO Max than spend five bucks on Apple TV Plus. Right. Well, and, and, and that's a big one. Makes and, sense. You know? Well, which and I think that you pretty much kind of hit the nail on the head. Apple TV needs better content. And um, and they definitely need to be advertising that content too. And that's that's probably the big one because I don't see a lot of ads necessarily for Apple TV. I think I do see it, you see it for the TV product itself, but not so much what their what their uh, uh, what their content is. Yeah. So th- I, I think, think that's a big. One. I, I think they need to rename their streaming service. Yeah. It, we'll it's see. like you know when you hear they say Apple TV, like oh okay, they're you know people might think oh they're talking about Apple 
TV's box. Like, no, we also have a streaming service too. Right. Oh, okay. Maybe <laughs> like rename it as something else. You know? Yeah. Maybe. It just maybe. Make sense, you know? maybe. Maybe. Apple streams. Apple juice. It streams. No. <laughs> something, <laughs> something else. Yeah, you know? Jeff. <laughs> so Apple, Apple juice. <laughs> Apple well, juice. you know, it streams. And, and I'm just going to stop there. I'm just going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> Apple movies or something. Apple movies. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Apple content. Apple whatever. Yeah. Apple plus. No, Apple plus. No, well, no, no. Well, no, no. Plus is actually yeah. used by a lot. So that that's probably open yeah, game. I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah, you know, it's like so. Just rename it something else, but yeah. it's just like I don't know, Apple. Like none of your content just interests me. Yeah, you know, I I just don't care for it. Right. Well, <laughs> well, see, but see, you might be in a minority of one on that one, or in a very small minority versus you know people who go, oh my god, it's Apple content. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know what they put out there that would even. I you know what? Maybe after this show, I'll probably take a look just to see what they actually have, and then I'll come back and go, yeah, you know what? You're right, sir. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all garbage. Yeah. It's nothing. It's no. <laughs> I'm not saying all of them are garbage. It's like they're probably really good shows. It's just that it just doesn't entice me to hit right. the subscribe button. Right, right, right. You know, to so. pay five bucks a month for something that it's like I don't care for it. So yeah, no, well, no, we we all we all have our tastes, our different taste opinions and differences. You you so. got to prioritize which which streaming service you're gonna use. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's so, true. Good luck, Apple TV Plus. You know, hopefully, you guys can gain some more traction in a very competitive market. Yes, that is true. Good luck and Godspeed and stuff. And I can bet you YouTube is doing way better than you guys are. <laughs> that, that'd be saying a lot. That'd be <laughs> yeah. saying a lot. All right. So our final story. All right. Is about uh, speaking of a company that does streaming service, Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So, so let's say you, uh, so imagine you're a supplier of somebody that Amazon sells all the time, be it like widgets or whoopee cushions, your mom, so on. Right. What? And yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Did I say something? What? Anyways, so as they approach you and they approach you saying they want you to be a supplier of said goods, especially your mom, right? So think about this for a minute. So Amazon, with the extremely high volume at which they sell merchandise, you'd be an idiot not to do business with them, right? I mean, think about that. I mean, the sheer magnitude of money you'd make from Amazon and their channels would be insane. I mean, whatever mm. whatever you're selling, there's no way you couldn't possibly make money on this. You'd be able to expand your business. You'd be able to uh, hire more people and really kind of start raking in the money, right? right. Well, <clears throat> it appears that when you enter into an agreement with Amazon, a major contract stipulation is that you allow them to buy up to 30% of your company, okay, um, and at a fixed rate and often below the market value of your stock. Okay. Now, Amazon apparently has done this sort of practice for some time, especially with uh, aircraft, Amazon Fresh Groceries, and uh, call center services. Uh, more than Jeez. a they have done this more than 75 times, according in, in over the last 10 years. And the potential equity in all of these deals has rounded out to nearly $3 billion. Okay. So now apparently this, this sort of thing, what they do is actually not that uncommon a practice. Obviously with the scale that Amazon has done this, it, it's pretty amazing. Now the, uh, this type of deal that is actually referred to as what's called referred to as a warrant. And they're akin to, to behaving like the stock options that you give to your employees in lieu of offering them a Christmas bonus. Uh, right. The process is that they, they make the deal with the company at a set price before the deal is announced to the public. <clears throat> Once it's public, uh, the stock price shoots through the roof. Amazon can sell it right then and there or wait a bit over the long term, uh, making a sizable profit in both cases. Usually one stipulation, kind of a back or, or an alternate or a counter stipulation, is that a certain amount of business must happen first before the stock can be sold. So if you say, hey, I only make 100,000 widgets a year. If you want to buy into my company, then I need to make sure I sell at least you know 10 million widgets uh, before you can sell off your stock and they go, oh yeah, sure, no problem, yada yada. Our channels will totally make that easy for you. Boom, you know, and, and it's all done, and um, and that's all well and good. So here, here's a real quick example about this. So, so back in 2019, Amazon was trying to build out its logistics fleet with cargo planes, and it was negotiating with Atlas Air Worldwide Holdings Incorporated for a 10 year lease. All right, part of the agreement. <clears throat> 
Part of the agreement Amazon proposed was the ability to buy 20% of the company over five years with a potential 10% more equity later on. So Atlas agreed to it with Amazon's fixed price of the stock being set for $37.50. When the deal was announced, the stock rose 27%. That put it at 47.625 cents a share. All right, so that's a big jump. So rounding it, we'll say nearly $48, $47.5 here. Amazon later on sold 9% of its stake in the company, pocketing the difference of about just over $10 a share after that announcement. At that time, the warrant was for a total of 6.6 million shares. All right. And as of yesterday, the share price is now $68.36 a share. So if they already sold about 9 to 10% of it, so you're looking at about 6 million shares that they might have. This is back in 2019. So somewhere within this two-year two year period, uh, there might have been some stock splits, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. The stock off price obviously went up. So it went from $37.50, now it's at $68. So it nearly doubled in value in a matter of two years. All right? So think about how much money all that is. Now, you would think... <clears throat> You would think that this is a good deal for both sides, right? Amazon, you know, gets a bunch of money. They they put in a little money to this, and uh, you know they got to sell it off. All the stockholders make big paydays, and hey, you're an Amazon supplier, so you'll be making more money that way too, right? Well, Amazon reportedly uh, uses strong arm tactics with these companies to get them to agree to these otherwise unheard of terms, relying on its enormous buying capacity and clout among uh, among its investors. Now, one source that was involved with the aforementioned Atlas deal said, quote, there was definitely a sense of that if you that if it wasn't agreed to, that there wouldn't be a deal, end quote. So, yeah, Amazon, you know, Amazon obviously using using its massive buying powers, massive assets to uh, get what it wants, which is not necessarily a bad thing. That is part of the nature of business. But yeah. with the sheer level of money that Amazon has it's sheer wealth. And I don't even, I didn't even look up what its net current net worth was worth, but obviously you're looking at in the near trillion dollars. Easy. That's an awful lot of power. It's got, you know? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it was really something else. I'm yeah. like, Oh, I mean, there's, that? there's always a cost to do business with these big companies. Oh yeah. The no, there totally is. There totally is. Read the fine print. Well, it's, yeah. well, you, well they, they did read the fine print. They wound up having yeah. to agree to it anyways, because they wanted to do business with Apple or with uh, Amazon, excuse me. Yeah. You so know, and, and that, that's part of a part of an issue. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's tough. It's tough too. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. So it kind of, it kind of makes you wonder if people are aware of this. Like, well, yeah, I'm not going to give you 30% of my country, my company. That's insane. I built it from the ground up or, you know, but if it's like a bigger company, like they uh, say, like either Apple or even like a smaller company that's that's been around for a while, say like any of the other, like Hughes Aircraft, for example, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Northrop or any of those guys, you know, would they want to give up thirty percent just so they can, you know, do business with Apple? Maybe, but Amazon? You know, especially, or even Amazon, yeah, Amazon or with Amazon, excuse me, yeah, I keep saying Apple, Amazon. Arguably, Apple would be in the same category too, just because they have, they're worth about two trillion anyway. So, guy knows they've got more than enough money to, to you know to fool around with so yeah you know it, it, it's 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 not a bad idea for for amazon to provide that much money and business to other businesses and whatnot but what i could usually see happening is that obviously these other businesses would be like oh we're going to make so much money from from amazon yada yada they, they think more in the short term but in the long term it 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 it, it, it makes them so dependent on amazon that if amazon were to suddenly pull out for whatever reason break the contract all this other jazz Boom, that's 30% of the company's equity. Bam, it just disappears. Yeah. And, and they get screwed, screwed hard, you know. So I it'd be my advice that if you're gonna if you're gonna go into business with Amazon, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. You know, cross your, you know, cross, you know, dot your I's, cross your T's. Tread carefully. Tread carefully and make sure you're not wholly dependent on them that if they pulled out you'd be able to recover and actually keep a good, good vast sum of your money so that you'd be able to uh, either buy back your own stock or make sure you have enough liquid assets available to or diversification or whatever, that if they pulled out, you're not going to fall in the river and, 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 you know, drown basically. So, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so you want to do business with, with, uh, with Amazon? I know nope. I do. Nope.
Nope. <laughs> well, and technically, we are doing business with Amazon. We buy stuff well, from Amazon, then we are doing business. We do have we, we do have our affiliate yeah. links, so you know we're definitely getting just just that much money from them. Yeah. And we encourage and, people to go and visit yeah. our, our Amazon affiliate links. Well, so we I mean, look, if money. you have a Prime account, then you're you're doing business with them. Well, that's true. It doesn't matter. That's true. You know? That is true. You know, and, you you know, buy but, anything from Amazon, you're doing business. Well, well, we as 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 consumers, that's one thing. But you're you're being a supplier. That that's a different category. That's different. There's nothing wrong with doing business with Amazon. You're you're just consuming their products. But if you're if you're re, if you're being a supplier, you know, parts, bits, whatever, mate, raw materials, whatever it might be, that's that's where it gets sticky for yeah. you. So you got to be careful about that. That's it. All right. Well, that ends this week's show. Woohoo! Woohoo! Well, thank <laughs> everybody uh, watching and listening. You know, really appreciate that you guys have been. You're watching our, our stream and yep. you know, after after it there, you no, know, watching the recording, listening to our podcast. And please make sure to like this video if you do like it. Hit that thumbs yep. up. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel, hit that bell notification, and we're gonna have more videos coming up and our, our airtag review. We're still working on the editing part of it. We're not done with it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> We're we're trying really hard. We promise. We're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get there. And then of course they'll do those firmware updates, and then that's really gonna hose us. I, I give up. Sort of. That. I give up. <laughs> I gave up on hoping for it. And like, we'll we'll know. we'll get to that event. That'll that'll be part two or part three or whatever it comes yeah. out to. We'll, part we'll, two will be next year because that's that right next year. Probably take <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so right. I give up on that. But oh look, they that video updated. We're gonna, we're still working on it. So soon, yep. soon, very very soon. We promise for sure. And we promise for sure. Please don't. No, Check us out on your favorite podcasting app like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform that you use. And definitely come and visit us on our website, techthatdoesabyte.com. You can learn all about us, see links to all of our podcasts, as well as to all the product reviews that we do. And if you're interested in having us review your products, definitely give us a give us a jingle, give us a contact form. We'd be happy to work with you. Yep. But until next time, we're going to see you in the next week. See you next week. Right. Take care. Have a good one. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.